Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. It's good to see you today. We're glad that you are here. It's going to be a great day at SEC. We are continuing our series called Bless This Home, and before I get started, I just got to say, first of all, um, we are celebrating single parents today, and if you are a single parent, would you mind standing up so that we can just applaud you because you are our heroes? Come on, single parents, any here today? Would you stand? Want to embarrass you? There we go. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. You may be seated, and uh, we, are, we just appreciate you so much, and you're, you are the heroes uh, that do such a wonderful job. Uh, in, in, with families. I mean, it's just amazing. Today, as we get started with this uh, message today, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever, do you have anybody in your family that maybe is a little bit of a pain? Okay? Some people would say these people that are hard to get along with are a little psycho. We call them EGRs around here. That means extra grace required. Does anybody know anybody like that in your family? Let me see your hands, okay? All right? All right, thank you. Put your hands back down. Now, if you couldn't raise your hand, you're probably it. <laughs> you're probably it. All right, so, uh, so anyways, today we want to talk about peacemakers. Uh, and, and, uh, and the reason I say that is because, you know, maybe today you've come in here, maybe you are a single parent, and maybe you're, you know, you're struggling to try to balance everything, and, and you need some peace in your life. Or maybe... Today, you know, uh, uh, you're uh, in a, a blended family, and maybe, you know what, uh, it's his kids, her, our kids, and, 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 you know, my kids, and trying to make all that work, and it can be very stressful at times uh, doing that. And so we want to talk about how to be a peacemaker today, a peacemaker. Jesus actually said this, and in the Beatitudes, he said, bless, and the Beatitudes are the things that Jesus said, bless when you do these things. And so we find out in Matthew 5 and 9, this is what Jesus said. Look, look what he says. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the what? Come on, shout that out. What? Be called the children of God, the peacemakers. Now, as we look at this today, I want to give you what I call the main idea today. If you don't get anything else, I want you to get this. It's coming on the screen behind me, and I'd like for you to read this out loud with me. Ready? Come on, let's read together. Peacemakers fix the problem and not the blame. Come on, one more time. You ready? Peacemakers fix the problem and not the blame. And so today, that's where we want to move from because our culture today wants to point somebody out, blame someone else. But today, we want to figure out how to fix the problem so that we can get better. And as we look at this, uh, I want to give you a word that Jesus used, or actually the Hebrew word for the word peace is Shalom. So, you know, if you know someone that's Jewish, when they greet you, 
they may say shalom. And the word shalom simply means, I wish that you don't have hard times. And also it means, I wish you the highest good. So when someone would say, you know, peace to you or shalom to you, they're wishing you the highest good, the highest good. So when Jesus broke out this teaching, it really went counterculture when he was saying, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. He was saying, you know, you're going to wish the highest good on everybody. And so in his day, you know, the culture of the Old Testament was eye for eye, tooth for tooth. You know, you may have heard it this way. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You know, that's the culture in which Jesus was talking this. And so a home that is blessed and people that are blessed raise the bar up a little bit more. And so today as we look at this together, we're going to talk about what God wants us to do is how to be a peacemaker. Now, notice he didn't say, blessed are the peacekeepers, okay? There's a difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. A peacekeeper is a person who will do anything they can just to keep anybody from getting upset. So they live in this world on eggshells all the time trying to make sure that people aren't getting upset. And here's the, here's the, the bad side of that is that there's never no close relationships with them. Intimacy never happens because secretly they have this issue going on inside. So they avoid at all costs, you know, any arguments, any tension, avoid at all costs. Where a peacemaker, they will actually work through a problem where the peacekeeper avoids the problem. You see that? So today we want to dive in right into God's Word and find out. Look what the Bible says in Romans 12. He says, don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Now notice this next sentence. If it is possible, as far as it depends on who? On you. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Let's read this last line out loud together. You ready? Come on. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with, with good. So the Bible, the Bible is saying this, God's saying, listen, you're not going to be able to live at peace with everyone because there's some people that's going to choose not to be friends with you, and there's nothing that you can do about that. But as far as it goes with you, is that you make sure that your attitude and your heart is right with those people. In other words, you know what, I can't keep you from being mad at me, but I can control me being mad at you. And so the Bible says as far as it depends on you, you do your very best to, to work that out so that it's not you carrying the anger around. It's not you carrying anger around. So there's three things I want to share with you today, three things to do to be a peacemaker. But before we do, I'm sharing that with you. I want to go back to the main point. It's on the screen behind me because I want you to get this because it's going to help you in your home. You ready? Let's say it out loud together. You ready? Peacemakers fix the problem and not the blame. I almost said fix the blame. <laughs> That's what we tend to do, right? But we, peacemakers fix the problem and not the blame. So here's the first thing. If you want to be a peacemaker, this is what we do. Number one is we tell the truth in love. Write that down. God has a lot to say about this. In Ephesians 4 and 15 it says, We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like who? Christ. So when you speak the truth with love, again, remember what Jesus said? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. 
He says, when you speak the truth in love, you grow more and more like Christ. More and more like Christ. Now, here's we got to talk about this because a lot of people in this room don't mind speaking the truth. They don't mind, let me tell you, you know. But here's the difference. There is a difference between telling the truth and yelling the truth. Did you hear that? There's a big difference in between telling the truth and yelling the truth. You know, why don't you never pick those clothes up? You're always late coming home. You never do your homework on time. Well, there may be truth in that, but no one's hearing it. Because if you're yelling it instead of telling it, then it's not done in love, and people tune you out. They may be hearing you with their ear, but they're, they're so defensive that they're thinking about how they're going to respond and rebel to what you said, that you're not getting anything done. So the greatest thing, some of you today are yellers. Now, don't, don't start smiling. I'll think I'm talking to you, all right? Don't do no elbows either. I'll, I'll think I'm talking to you. Some of you are yellers in this room, and the best thing that you can do is learn to tell the truth instead of yelling the truth. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. Okay, so here we go. Let's remember. Remember this when speaking the truth in love. I got two things here. The first one is this. is choose the right time. Choose the right time to speak the truth. See, we should never bring up issues in a heated moment, right? Like, I mean, when things are already bad... You know, this one guy come to me one time and says, you know what? He says, Pastor, I just want you to know, when my wife gets upset, she gets historical. I'm like, no, 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 sir. I think you mean hysterical. He said, no, no, no. He says, when she gets mad, she brings up the, everything that's happened in the last 30 years. Trying to win the battle. And by winning the battle, you lose the war. See what I'm talking about? Man, we, have, we can't do that. We're trying to, when we hurt, we want to throw some mud back, right? So let that go. You see, mature people, mature people choose the right time. And ladies, can I just help you out a little bit? Let me tell you something. Bedtime is not the right time. Right, guys? I thought I'd hear the men say a big amen. Come on, guys, let's try it. Amen? You bunch of sissies. Scared. I ain't saying nothing. I'm going home with her. <laughs> you see, ladies, when, that, when your husband puts his head on the pillow at night, he's already done, he's, he's spoke all the words he can speak that day, and his eyes just closed. And I know you're having that, trying to have a serious conversation, and he's trying his best to stay awake, and he's not, it's not that he's not interested in what you've got to say, it's just his body is taking over his spirit, Okay? And he's sleeping, so choosing, choosing the right time is very, very important. Look what Proverbs uh, 12 and 18 says. This is our memory verse, by the way. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring what? Isn't that true? Isn't that true? I mean, the, the right word at the right time, you're a hero. The wrong word at the wrong time, you're a zero. And so we've all done that. So choose, the Bible says, you know, the, the right word heals, the wrong word just cuts the wound open more. So if you want healing in your relationship, we've got to learn to be mature and learn how to use the right words the right way. Now, we're doing something here on the 12th of September. We're having a marriage seminar. It'll be a half day. And so the details on the back of your outline uh, are on the back of your uh, program there. 
But if you'd like to come to this with me, Rhonda and I, listen, every year I read a book on marriage just for us, just for me, to be a better husband. And we try to go to at least two of these seminars a year, one to two of these a year. I want to challenge you to come. It's a half day. Again, you can sign up on the back of your connection card. I think it's like $10 a person. But come out and learn how to be a better person and a better spouse. You can't do better, be better, till you know better. And the problem that most of you have in your relationship, you're only doing what you know, and what you know is not good. So you've got to learn to be better. I want to encourage you to do that. Okay, the second bullet point is this, is attack the problem and not the person. Attack the problem and not the person. Again, what, was that, what does that look like? Well, played out is like this. Maybe you're having a problem in your finances. And so maybe one of you, a husband or wife, is spending more than they should. And so it would be real easy for you to attack the person and say, you spend our money all the time. You do this all the time. And you can attack them, all right? But that doesn't change anything. So why not attack the problem? And so why not do this? Why, if, if that's you, why wouldn't you say this? You know what? Well, listen, SEC is having a financial peace course that will be going on in October. Why don't we... Join, take that course and see if we can't get better financially. See, that's fixing the problem and not the blame. I had this problem a long time in Rhonda and I's marriage, and I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed to say it, to be honest with you. But I was one of those people that uh, every time that she made a suggestion about something, I could think of a better way of doing it. You know, I could think of something better. And she said, well, why don't we do this? And I'm not even kidding. It was so bad to where if we were leaving to go to Walmart, she says, you know what, I'm going to go to Walmart on Eagle's Landing. I say, you know what, well, the one over here in Stockbridge closer, let's go to that. Every time, I didn't realize I was doing that. And one day, it's been about 16 or 17 years ago, I never forget. I remember right where we were standing, and she looked at me and she said, Jeff, and she had this little, this sad look and a tear coming out of her eye. She says, when you do that to me, you make me feel little. You make me feel little. Man, I don't know about you, but I mean, that crushed me because that's the last thing I want to do is, is make her feel small. And so I, I said, listen, if you, will, if you will forgive me, and I'll ask God to help me, and you ask God to help me, because I, I want to actually pick you up and not tear you down. And that began to change in our marriage that helped us get better. And so I want to encourage you, find out what that is. You see, here's what I want you to know. You, the re, revealing your feelings is the beginning of healing. In other words, until you reveal how you feel, you can never heal. And until Rhonda told me that, I mean, I'd been doing that for years. That's sort of the way I was raised, you know. I've just been doing that for years. And until she told me how it made her feel, I couldn't change. And listen, I'm going to tell everybody in this room, there's some of you that are walking around with anger inside of you that people are doing some little something. Maybe you're married to them. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your children or, you know, whomever is doing something and you don't like it and you've never spoken up and they don't know you like it and you get mad at them every time and they have no clue until you reveal your feelings then you can be healed. Feeling how you feel is the beginning of healing. And so today I want to challenge you. Maybe that's the first thing you do is when you get home, as you learn when someone does something to you that makes you feel little or makes you feel sad or makes you feel mad, 
why don't you say, listen, not you, but when you do this, it makes me feel this way. It'll change everything in your life. So, so let's look at uh, our point one more time. The main idea. You ready? Come on. Let's read it together. Come on. Shout it out with me. Ready? Peacemakers fix the problem and not the blame. That's what peacemakers do. Okay, number two. The second thing is apologize when wrong. Apologize when wrong. You know, I've thought about this. I asked I ask this question of myself. What keeps me and you from wanting to apologize when we're wrong? Well, the first word that popped in my mind, I'll be honest with you, is pride. You know, not wanting to be wrong. But I think it goes deeper than that with most of us sitting in this room. And here's what it is. I think most of us do not want to apologize because of fear. We are afraid of how someone else is going to react. When we say we're wrong and we apologize, either they're going to be very, you know, very sad that we've done something in the first place, or secondly, they're going to make fun of us and say, you know, you're so stupid anyways. I can't believe you've done that. So we're afraid of someone else's response. Matter of fact, this, is, this could be a problem that goes on through a lifetime. I mean, you know, not dealing with this fear. It reminds me of a funny uh, story that I read uh, this past week of a guy. This couple have been married for over 30 years. And uh, so one night, you know, they get into bed. The, the guy's already in the bed asleep like most men just pass out. You know, he's in the sleep. He's passed out. His wife gets to the bed, and all of a sudden, he feels an elbow in his rib. She said, Bert. He said, yes, dear. What is it? She said, there's a burglar downstairs. So he said, oh, no, not again. So he drags himself out of the bed, puts his slippers on, with his eyes barely open, grabs his house coat, puts it on, puts it on and he just stumbles groggily down the stairs, you know, and he gets down the stairs, turns the lights on, and there's a gun barrel pointing right between his eyes. It was a burglar downstairs. And the burglar said, sir, give me all your valuable possessions. Show me where they are. So Bert did that. He took the burglar around, showed him where everything's at, and the burglar was about to leave. And Bert said, hey, sir, can you do me a favor before you leave? The burglar was stunned. He's like, what do you want me to do? He said, would you walk upstairs and meet my wife? She's been expecting you for over 30 years. <laughs> Dealing with a fear. It's that fear that we carry a long time, right? And so today, as we, as we talk about this, I want you to know there is a difference between remorse and repentance. I put this on your outline. You see, remorse is simply this. Remorse is saying, I am sorry because I got caught, right? That's being remorseful. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me, just, let me just back up here just a second. When someone comes to you and they confess that they've done something wrong, and they said, you know what, I've done this, I'm sorry, they've been caught. But this is what they mostly say when they're just remorseful. They will say, you know what, well, yeah, I did this, but if you hadn't have done that, then I would not have done that. Hello? You know, if you would have gave me more money, you stingy thing, you... But because you didn't give me more money, I had to go around and put charges on our credit cards. Or if you would have treated me better in the bedroom, then I wouldn't have had to go look at that stuff that I shouldn't have looked at. See what I'm talking about? But. I'm sorry, but. Let me tell you something. Anytime that someone says, I'm sorry, but, they're usually showing theirs. Just a thought. Let me tell you something, it's not an apology when you put but behind it, is it? 
Listen, if you did something wrong, you take responsibility and you would own up to it. That's the way that relationships thrive. Instead of blaming someone, I did this because you did that. That sounds childish, and we want to grow up. So here's the other side of that coin, and that is the other side is remor- of remorse is repentance. And repentance is this. I put it on your outline. Repentance is asking someone to forgive you for sinning against them with the intention of never repeating that sin again. Never saying, I never want to hurt you that way again. I, I never want that to happen again. I never want to repeat that action again. See, that's true repentance, and that's when forgiveness comes, is when you truly, truly are sorry. Now look what the Bible says, how we do this. In James chapter 5 and 16, listen, if you don't hear any other scripture I read today, listen to this one. James chapter 5 and verse 16 says, Confess your sins. Whose sins? Your sins. My sins. Your sins. Confess the one. Not point out everybody else's, right? Not say, not try to make everybody else feel bad because you're feeling bad. No, you confess your sins. Confess, he says, confess your sins to each other and what? What are we to do? And pray. Pray for one another. If you pray for one another, so that you may be what? Healed. Did you see that? Confession equal with prayer brings healing. Most of us skip one of those parts. And I, I want to tell you, if you want healing in your life, you see, your relationship, if you're married today, is spiritual. And you know what? If, you're, if you have a friend today and both of you are Christians, your relationship is spiritual. So when you ask someone to forgive you, if you really want to move the relationship forward is that you reach over, you take their hands, and you say, listen, I've confessed to you, I've confessed before God, and right now I'd like to pray that God would hear our prayer and forgive me and give you the power to forgive me. You see, when you put the spiritual component in there and with prayer, guess what? It opens up their heart to forgive, and it gives you the power, seals that within you not to do it again. The greatest thing that you can do as believers is pray together, especially when you've wronged. I mean, don't you think that would help you when someone, if someone comes to you and said they were sorry, and they said, listen, I'm sorry, but I also want to repent before God, before you, so would you just give me your hand and let's pray about this together? I mean, don't you think they would, they would be serious? And so God challenges us to change this, the spiritual component. Matter of fact, we know this. Would you finish this saying with me? The family that prays together. Why do you think that is? I don't know how you pray at your house together as a family. But we join hands. You know, Rhonda and I, every night, I told you this many times before. About three years ago, four years ago, I decided to do something and be a man in my home. And I decided every night before we went to sleep that I would pray with her. A blessing over. And so I reach over every night and, and I take her hand and, and I just say, God bless Rhonda. That's, that's as simple as it is. And she actually says it one back to me. And just by the fact of us holding hands together and saying that prayer together as, as united us more than anything ever before has. Maybe if you're struggling with your kids, maybe the thing that you should do every day is pick a time just to hold hands and pray together. If you're struggling, you know, with a relationship with your spouse, maybe if you just pick the time, even if you didn't feel like it, 
and grabbed and just said a prayer together, how it would change your relationship. How it would change that. Okay, so I have a next step for you. It's on the back of your connection card, and it's simply this. It says, I will practice repentance by asking those I offend to forgive me. It's simple as that, asking them to forgive you. So maybe when you go home today, don't do it now, but maybe when you go home today, maybe there needs to be a conversation that you can get better because you're not going to be healed until you confess it and you bring God into it, that you'll be healed. All right, remember our point again, our statement that we made. Remember what we said? Come on, let's say it together again. You ready? Peacemakers fix the problem and not, and not the blame. Not the blame. So that takes us to number three. The third thing in order to be a peacemaker is this, is forgive and let go. Forgive and let go. Colossians 3 and 13 says this, Paul writes, he says, matter of fact, would you read these first four with me because they're so important. You ready? Let's read them out loud. Here we go. Bear with each other. Now, if we just stop right there, that would be a whole message, right? Because if you've been married any length of time, you know that you've got to put up with some stuff. Hello? You know, listen, if, you, you know, if you've been a parent any time, you know you've got to put up with some stuff. That means that people are going to do things that are around you that you don't like. They've got these little quirky things that get on your nerves. Don't look at me like that. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. You're scared, aren't you? Sitting right beside them. <laughs> Man, there's just people get on your nerves, don't they? People you work with get on your nerves. Everybody has these little quirky things. So in order to live life, we have to learn to bear with each other. Put up with some stuff. If it's not sin, put up with it. And forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, he says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And remember what he said, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers because the peacemakers are the ones that are called the children of God. So whenever you're forgiving people, guess what? You're resembling Jesus Christ and people know that you are children of God because of the way you forgive, the way you forgive. All right, now let's talk about forgiving just a second because every one of us in this room have a problem with it. The first thing I want to tell you about forgiveness is this is that forgiveness is not forgetting. Did you hear that? Forgiveness is not forgetting. I have people come to me all the time, and they'll say, Pastor, i got this problem with forgiveness. I just can't forget what they've done. I'm like, Your forgiveness is not forgetting. If we could forget, we wouldn't need to forgive. Shoot, if you did something to me, if you did something to me, and I could forget about it immediately, I wouldn't need to forgive you, right? I mean, it's just like, hey, I don't re remember it anymore. The reason that we need to forgive is because we can't forget. God is the only one that can do that. We can't do it. So we have to learn what, what is something that helps us forgive. The first thing I'd like to share with you is this. Would you write this down? First thing is you have to let it out if you're going to forgive. You have to let it out. Some of you sitting in this room, someone has done something to you, and you have it bottled up inside, and you've never told anyone about it, and it is eating you from the inside out. And you're never going to have peace, and you're never going to be the person that you want to be until you get it out. Now, let me just say this to you. If it happened 30 years ago, it may not be the best thing to go back and talk to that person. But you need to talk to somebody. You need to talk to either a trusted friend, a pastor, 
or either a counselor or somebody to get it out. When people come and talk with me and they say, Jeff, I want to tell you something I've never told anybody else. I get excited. You know why? Because I know that they're about to be free. They're about to be free. And God's going to change their life. So the first thing you do is let it out. The second thing that you do is you let it go. You let it go. Now, this is so crucial in forgiveness. How do you know that, that you've not let it go? I'll tell you how you know. Is that you wish that person would fail. You wish harm upon that person. Remember, uh, blessed are the peacemaker wishing good upon people. You know, if you're wishing that people would fail, then you have a problem. You haven't let it go if you're wishing they would fail. Also, I would say this, if you want to get even. In other words, you know what? When you think about that person, you think about how you wish could have, you could have about 10 minutes with them and God wouldn't look. <laughs> you ever had that feeling? I remember a long time ago, uh, this, I had just become a Christian, and this guy uh, hit me, you know? He hit me, and I stood there, and I looked at him, and I said, let me tell you something, friend. If you would have done that a year ago, you'd be picking yourself up off the floor. But Jesus Christ lives in me right now, and I want you to know, he's telling me that the best thing for me to do is let you go. But don't you ever try it again. <laughs> I felt like the cheek was turned, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have any more to give. You see what I'm talking about? So you, you don't want to get even with that person. You let go of the, the right to get even. You, they deserve you to get even. Let it go. If you let go of that desire, then guess what? You can be free. Here's the, here's the most crucial one. You ready? Change the channel. Change the channel. How do you do that? Change the channel. That's it. I wrote this on your outline. It's so crucial. I didn't want you to forget it. It says this. Remember what God has done for you instead of what someone has done what? To you. The only way that you're ever going to be able to forgive people is that you remember that God forgave you. Now look at me just a second, everybody. How many of you have done something against God? You've offended God. You've sinned against God, and you know it. Anybody besides me? Okay, great. All right. So every one of us in this room are sinners. That means that God forgave us for something that we did to him. He didn't deserve what we did, but we did it to him anyway. And God forgave us. And so the way that you forgive is you change the channel. Jesus said it this way. Look in Luke or in Matthew, the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said this. He said, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven who? Our debtors. You know what Jesus was saying? He's saying the way that you're going to do that is this way. Is that when you start thinking about that person who, who did something to you. You know what I'm saying? Does anybody else have this problem? I mean, like, man, I'm just minding my own business. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I can think about that. Does anybody else have that problem? I mean, just like, it just popped into your mind. Or I see a friend, a mutual friend of ours, uh, you know, and that reminds me of them. Or I see them at a distance, and that reminds me of what happened. Anybody else have that problem? Okay, the devil is going to make sure that you never forget what happened. So here's, here's the antidote. You ready for this? This is healing. You ready? When you start thinking about, when the thought comes to your mind about what someone did to you, you remember what Jesus did for you. So when that thought enters, this is what you do. When that thought enters and you're tempted to get mad and angry and upset, you just begin to do this. As soon as that thought comes through your mind about that person, you say, God... Thank you so much for forgiving me. 
God, I've sinned against you so many times. I've hurt you, God, and you've forgiven me freely. And today I just want to say thank you that you're my great God, that you love me more than life itself, God, that you love me so much. You sent your only son to die for me. You love me. I'm yours. I'm your child. God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for living with me. God, you walk with me every step of the day. You go with me. God, every time I pillow my head at night, you're there, oh Lord. When I wake up in the morning, you're there. God, I just want you to know I love you. And God, you made me the head and not the tail. Lord, I have faith that you're going to walk with me to the very end. And God, if I die this day, Lord, I'll be in heaven with you. God, thank you so much for forgiving me you see what just happened there I turned my pain into praise and let me tell you something the devil will quit firing darts at you that's going to make you praise God so guess what he'll quit shooting that arrow Why? because the last thing he wants you to do is recognize God so when you turn your pain into praise all of a sudden you learn how to forgive because you know what? When you change the channel from on that person to on God, guess what? It moves out of your mind, and your mind moves on to God. Isn't that good stuff? Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand for that. Amen? Man, that is good. Change the channel. This morning, I want to have a prayer with you. Today, I want to ask you this question. And when I ask you, I hope every hand here will go up. How many of you today would like to be a peacemaker? You say, God, I want to be a peacemaker. Let me see your hand. Great. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, right now you saw the hands. You know what needs to happen, oh God. I pray right now that you would help them to become peacemakers. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you just bow your heads right where you are right now, I want to ask another question. I hope you'll be honest. And that is, this is personal today. Is that You say, Pastor Jeff, I, there's pain in my, in my family and I just need prayer today. There's pain in my family somewhere. Just raise your hand up right now. I want to pray for you. Come on, put your hands up. Yes, all over this building. All over this building. Put your hands back down. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, these brave people, God, that are willing to admit that there's pain in their family, I pray, Holy Spirit, that today that you would comfort them. I pray, God, that you would work out the situation. I pray, oh God, that you would give them the power that they need to, to have the conversation. Or, Lord, you let someone come and talk to them that today would be a marked difference in their life because they're a follower of you. And, God, I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ that you would lift them up, you would give them courage and strength and peace, oh God, and guidance and direction that you would deliver them. I pray this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'd like for everyone you look at me just a second. There's some of you in this room that you've not made a decision to become a Christ follower. Listen, you prayed a prayer years ago, but you haven't lived up to that. Your life has not changed at all. And if you had to stand before God today, you'd be in question of where you stand. I want to pray with you today. Matter of fact, I wanted to make sure that this prayer was so clear that I put it on your program because I want you to see it. I want you to read. I want you to look at the words. I'm going to read this today, and if this is your prayer, and today I pray that you, you make it in your heart. You say it in your heart. You ready? It says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, if you, if you meant that, if you said that, you read it with me and you meant it in your heart on the back of your connection card. 
Would you just mark that box to them? Pray the prayer to become a Christ follower so that we can pray for you this week. Would you stand with us now? And let's worship that great God that we serve that helps us forgive. Amen? Come on, let's celebrate together. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at S-C-C-V-I-E-W dot net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link the top of the web browser and there's many ways that you can give there again thank you so much for joining us today it is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel god bless you